0: It's time for you talking to me with your host Big JD.
1: My guest today is Dr. Sat Sharma, specializing in sleep disorders. Dr. Sharma is the medical director for the Windsor Sleep Disorders Clinic, as well as medical director at other labs in the greater Toronto area, including the Center for Sleep and Chronobiology and the Sleep and Snoring Institute. Here today to talk about sleep disorders and what to expect from a sleep study, please welcome my guest, Dr. Sat Sharma, to you talking to me welcome to the show Dr. Sharma Uh,
0: thank you Big JD Uh, I'm delighted to be here on your show
1: so before we get into the tests sleep study and uh, help that might be available for sleep disorders I think we should discuss a little bit about these disorders can you tell us what some of the most common disorders are and and how they affect people
0: yes of course Um, as you know um, awareness uh, for sleep disorders is increasing Uh, we spend third of our life sleeping so eight hours a day or seven hours a day we sleep. So sure. and there are a lot of medical conditions and uh, diseases and uh, disorders that can occur during the time we sleep. Uh, so uh, the, the most common, um, yeah, there are actually 90 sleep disorders. <laughs> People don't realize that wow. that, there are many, <laughs> there, that there are that many sleep conditions, but there are 90 and I, I think
1: so, I have uh, about 80 of them.
0: Uh, yeah. No, I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, or oh, some people, yeah, actually, some people have more than one. Some people have several, several sleep conditions. So, the most common disorder, disorder in our society, I should call it sleep condition in our society, is sleep restriction, uh, which means that people just do not sleep enough. So, everyone has different sleep requirement, uh, but at least seven. Hours or seven to eight hours of sleep is required, and most uh, people, a lot of people, do not sleep enough, and that can lead to uh, what we call um, uh, sleep debt, Uh, and then they will. Uh, they will be tired, not rested, they may get anxious, depressed, etc. So sleep restriction I would say is uh, number one condition uh, but two dangerous conditions uh, that, uh, or one dangerous condition that exists is sleep apnea, it's obstructive sleep apnea where individual repetitively stops breathing throughout the night. So uh, people may stop breathing every two minutes, every minute. Mm-hmm. Their oxygen level may drop, um, that puts uh, their heart and other vital organs under stress, or uh, their vital organs are starved of oxygen, so cumulatively, these individuals will be tired, sleepy, they may fall asleep driving, they may uh, may not function to their full capacity, uh, and it is a dangerous condition, also a risk factor for heart disease, stroke high blood pressure, and it could be a very serious condition. Uh, another condition which uh, we um, often encounter is insomnia. Mm-hmm. Insomnia is that uh, difficulty falling asleep or difficulty maintaining sleep or both. Um, everyone would have occasional night when they don't sleep well, but if it is a common complaint, common issue, the, this condition will lead to, again, Same issues, people be tired, not able to function uh, very very well, may feel sleepy at times, uh, may have developed sleep attacks. So it is actually a very common condition and requires proper um, um, workup, uh, diagnosis and proper treatment.
1: Can you explain a little bit about the sleep stages, what they're called, how they work? I know they only last a certain length of time before they repeat, correct?
0: Yes, so, so um, most people may think that sleep is just one condition. You go to sleep and wake up, but that is not so. Uh, so during sleep, you go through multiple stages. So roughly 75% of your sleep is what we call non-REM sleep or non-rapid eye movement sleep. That's how, that's how it's categorized. Uh, and 25% of uh, sleep is what we call approximately REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. And uh, I'll, I'll briefly go over the significance of each of these stages. So the non-REM sleep uh, is further categorized into superficial and deep. So stage one and stage two, they make up about half. Uh, 50% of your sleep uh, is, um, is a superficial sleep. And then stage 3 sleep, which makes up about uh, 15% of your night, is the deeper sleep, also called slow-wave sleep. So the, the significance of these stages is, um, is that stage 3 sleep is uh, slow-wave sleep. That's when your physical body recovers or recuperates. And REM sleep is rapid eye movement sleep, and we know that's when your, your mental recovery takes place. Uh, and the stage REM sleep is interesting. So it uh, starts, starts to occur about an hour after you go to sleep, and then every hour or hour and a half you have another uh, REM what we call REM period or REM sleep mm-hmm. uh, lasting 45 minutes to an hour uh, so through so the night you have about four such as cycles of REM sleep or REM sleep and that's very important for your mental health recovery
1: okay so let's talk about the sleep study uh, which i believe is technically termed polysomnography Yes. If I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So what should one expect in, in coming in for a test like this? And, and just right. how does it work? Like maybe you can step us through a scenario.
0: For sure, you can call it PSG. Uh, so, so it's actually very, very detailed study. So generally, we record 16, sometimes up to 20 um, physiologic parameters during the study. So for, for, for simplicity's sake, uh, we will uh, uh, place electrodes on one person's uh, head, or skull, around the eyes, around the muscles, uh, the chewing muscles. Uh, we will record oxygen. We will record breathing by various techniques and uh, we will also record heart rhythm, Um, we will record whether the uh, legs or arms are moving, we will record whether chest is moving and abdomen is moving. So as I said, it's very, very detailed recording. Um, and uh, it gives us um, a great amount of information about all of these physiological functions. Uh, and uh, and uh, sometimes uh, people get a little bit overwhelmed um, once they're what we call hookup or they're getting uh, ready for the study. But uh, my instructions to those uh, you know, people attending our lab is to be relaxed and uh, try to be as as um, relaxed or as comfortable as they could be. Uh, otherwise, they would not be able to sleep well. And we, we need about uh, four to six hours of uh, good sleep in order to make a correct diagnosis. And uh, generally, the, the our staff, uh, front staff or secretarial staff, gives uh, everyone instructions uh, what to expect and uh, what to bring in and um, and how to prepare the test. And the instructions are generally very simple. Uh, we would not want anyone to uh, consume caffeine uh, products uh, several hours before the test. Uh, we would want them to come relaxed and rested, not anxious. And just do uh, um, pretty much everything they would do in, uh, during their regular activities. So if they have a glass of wine with the supper, go ahead, do it. Of course, don't get drunk and drive <laughs> to the lab. <laughs> but uh, whatever they do on a routine, routine basis, just go ahead, do it. Because we want to record sleep as close to the natural sleep at home as possible.
1: Right. And you, and you mentioned that you, you, you need about maybe four to six hours. It's, it's, it's a pretty good thing actually to mention that you don't necessarily require the full night's sleep because I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering like, how am I going to sleep when I go there? That's going to be
0: Yeah. Yeah. So occasionally someone gets really nervous or anxious and doesn't sleep well, but, but majority of people, we can get enough data. So as I said, minimum four hours is needed. Um, more the better, um, if I can get six, seven hours of data, that's fantastic. So that's uh, actually more than enough. And we can uh, then uh, do the correct interpretation and come, on, come up with a diagnosis.
1: Right, and it might be, be good to note as well that there are PSG technologists monitoring during these tests. So if someone has to go to the yeah. washroom or, or anything like that. Oh,
0: yes. Yes, yes. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so what happens is uh, one PSG technologist monitors three uh, individuals, mm-hmm. and uh, they're at hand. They're, Watching them on the, you know, night vision camera, infrared camera. Uh, we have audio system. They're listening to if anything happens. And if they have to go to uh, bathroom or they need some help, they will they will come in and help you out. And it's not it's not, disconnection is very easy. The way the whole system is designed, you can quickly disconnect and go to bathroom, come back, go to sleep, etc. Uh, no, that that's all very possible. Occasionally, we have individuals who doesn't sleep at all, and then uh, sometimes we do have to repeat the test for those uh, uh, people.
1: Right, and then uh, what about folks that whose sleep patterns are are not like most? For example, maybe they work midnights for years or something. Like, are the tests always in the evenings?
0: Their sleep disorders clinic. Uh, offering day studies. So let's say permanent night shift worker or a shift worker, uh, they could come to the lab right after the shift. We can, 7.30 or 8 a.m., we can start the test uh, and six, seven hours later when they wake up. So we could do a day test. Uh, Likewise, there are individuals, right? So there are kids, for example. Kids means uh, teenagers, they don't sleep till like 4 or 5 so a night test for them would not be possible they would not sleep It'd be, it would be waste of time so we have them come during the morning hours and then just sleep for for as long as they can fall asleep uh, they can stay asleep so yeah no that's, uh, that's uh, something we routinely offer
1: What about sleep aids or anything? Are those, is that something that's allowed? I mean, some people may take something to sleep on a regular basis or also uh, listening to some sounds that help them sleep.
0: We want to have a natural test. So... Um, if if the person does not generally take the um, sleep aid then they should not they should at least try to sleep that way naturally Uh, but occasionally if someone gets really anxious and or um, likewise I saw uh, actually I'm having a clinic this morning so (laughs) I saw an individual came in couldn't sleep at all Um, so I want to have him come back second time but I don't want to waste his time again so I said okay Brings, uh, bring a sleep aid from the over-the-counter or something like that. And if you couldn't sleep, you can take that. And sometimes it may just help relieve anxiety And, and or sure. they may feel that they have taken something and uh, I'll get a good data uh, that way. So if, uh, if someone is anxious or that they may not sleep, they want to bring something like that, that's fine. Uh, we could um, often take into account the fact Fact that they took something, so so we we can factor that in. It's not a big issue.
1: And lastly, Doctor Sharma, what happens after the test? Uh, after the results, is it generally one's family doctor who suggests treatments for the disorders, or does the sleep clinic uh, also aid in that?
0: We do that actually. So we would um, we would send uh, results back to the family physician, uh, but we the patients of the, patient the uh, folks are sent for both sleep study and. Consultation. So we will review their results with the with the folks, with the patients, and uh, we will then um, we often do a detailed interview of their difficulties or any issue they're facing, and uh, and then we will we'll recommend treatment. So, for example, if it's sleep apnea, if it is severe, uh, they need a device to help them uh, sleep or relieve the. Uh, condition or insomnia, the various treatment options we would have or other sleep conditions uh, we would uh, then offer them treatment. And uh, we'll, we'll support Let the, these uh, uh, folks. We will follow them along until their sleep condition is stable or treated or under control. So, yes, the, you know, it's a full um, comp- comprehensive uh, sleep services clinic.
1: Maybe we can just give listeners some idea where they can find out more information, where should they look?
0: We have a website that's under construction, but uh, their are addresses and some basic information. So they can just Google uh, Windsor Sleep Clinic. It will show up in their phone numbers there. They can look up information. And the best way if they're, and they, have a, they think they have a sleep issue, they're not sleeping well or sleeping too much, not, uh, not rested and refreshed um, upon awakening, tired and sleepy during the day, simple thing is uh, to just uh, talk to their physician. They're going to send a referral to us. And uh, we, we can't... We cannot take people directly because, you know, the way our healthcare system works, uh, we have to take a referral from the uh, family physician or uh, general physician.
1: Great. Well, Dr. Sharma, I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing all the information about sleep oh, and sleep you. disorders.
0: Sure. Thank you. Well, yeah, maybe if you want to talk to me later, about talk um, about some specific conditions. And they're very, um, you know, they're various sleep conditions and you can uh, we can um, chat again.
1: Yeah, it'd be a pleasure to have you on again. Thank you, Vic J.D. Thanks, Dr. Sharma. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So if you have trouble sleeping or perhaps you sleep too much, you may have a sleep disorder. Speak with your family physician about a sleep study and have a consultation booked at the Sleep Clinic in Windsor, Ontario. That would be the Windsor Sleep Disorders Clinic located at 55 Edinburgh Street or search them online for more information. If you haven't yet, do subscribe to Big JD and Lippo in the Morning in iTunes so you never miss a You Talking to Me show. And the shows are dropped Sunday mornings or listen online from tunein.com. And check out the standalone version of the You Talking to Me interviews by searching Big JD or You Talking to Me at podbean.com. This is You Talking to Me. I'm your host, Big JD. Thanks for listening.